Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football is many things. Unpredictable, exciting, colourful, passionate, absorbing, expensive. Venal, infuriating, exasperating, time-consuming, depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not, is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. Do you know... There are times, Chris, when I think that Gianni Infantino, the president of FIFA, barely listens to this podcast. This (laughs) staggeringly vain man who insists on being picked out in the crowd during World Cup games and famously claimed to represent migrant workers in Qatar has gone the full Caesar this week with his comments on the situation in the Middle East, where he has called for the immediate end of hostilities. And that's obviously what Hamas and the IDF have been waiting for. Now, you know what we need here? They've been thinking, we need FIFA. They'll sort it out. An organisation riven by corruption and infighting that can't even make decisions about football without fucking them up are making pronouncements on the powder keg of the world. FIFA makes the Vatican look streetwise. That's enough from him, you fool. And we've had the same, <laughs> we had the same haven't we, from, from our FA as well. Well, um, yeah, and- yeah. But I was thinking, that, you know, Infantino had a go at solving the Russia-Ukraine crisis only a couple of weeks ago, didn't he, by uh, allowing Russian under-17s back into into yeah. competition. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it does stink rather of uh, of Putin nominating Sepp Blatter for a Nobel Peace Prize, doesn't it? And just uh, and Infantino thinking, I could do that. I could have one of I, I could actually, I could actually win one. Never mind yeah. deserving one. <laughs> it's that rarefied world of people that really have gone beyond the idea of themselves and into some sort of Christ-like, uh, uh, or, or you know, or savior-like mode. Well, they? yeah, yeah. I mean, I, he needs to do something about his eyebrows. That's what I would say. He looks like an, an egg that a child has painted eyebrows on with a big thick marker. But <laughs> it's not a good look for no. uh, for a uh, Middle East mediator. But no. still, never mind. Never mind that. Did you see that the uh, first pictures this week? Very exciting. First pictures this week of uh, Gary Neville on Dragon's Den. Oh yes. Oh, you know, footballers. It's the nothing they can't do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bit of an odd one. I mean, it, it is going to be on the telly, and he does love being on the telly. 
you know, I'm waiting to see if he'll invest in Manky Manky Sauce, which I think is <laughs> okay, a, okay. a product that's upcoming. Yeah. But still. Apparently fans are uh, fans are divided. Did you see this on uh, whether uh, about Gary joining the judges panel? Uh, and really, apparently it's old United fans like it. Everyone else, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just hoping that, that some of the uh, some of the things he has to pronounce upon, uh, the innovations might be uh, tailored to him. I'm thinking that somebody might come up with the Jamie Carragher spit hood. Uh, that was one. <laughs> and also a head torch that works in extreme situations, such as when you're halfway up Alex Ferguson's colon. Um, <laughs> that, that would work for him as well. Crampons. <laughs> no, it's That's true. true. Um, yeah. So uh, like uh, Carragher Cagoule that you wear like back to front. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they have spit hoods, don't they? The police have them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I was yeah. wondering what Carragher was going to do now that Neville's on uh, Dragonstone. I thought maybe he could go on. You know, blankety blank or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Bradley. I've put world class, but you've put that for everything, Jamie. <laughs> There's always a place for him on Spitty Image, of course. <laughs> hey. Oh. And Ronaldo, Chris. Yeah. As Ronaldo, well. yeah. Well, he's a uh, he's in a bit of a bind, isn't he? Because he's he what sentenced uh, or could be sentenced to ninety nine lashes. And yeah. that's lashes, not eyelashes. That's yeah, you know, yeah. lashes yeah. Uh, for for adultery in Iran. Uh, just the sort of misunderstanding it, it, it occurs to me that could happen in any uh, Middle East based sitcom situation. But uh, Cristiano apparently hugged a female artist who'd done a picture of him, and we know how much he likes that. Yes, you know. And even though it was just a nice, warm Western thank you, and they were both appropriately fully dressed throughout, nonetheless. That counts as adultery, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see that Wayne Rooney turned down offers to manage in Saudi Arabia precisely because of the pleasure he gets from hugging people who've done pictures of him? <laughs> and, and, you know, the thing about Ronaldo is, of course, he's so far th – well, his agents are so far thinking that actually part of his contract is to have a whipping boy. So he does have somebody <laughs> who, will take, who will take the lashes, uh, which is bad news for formal, former Arsenal stopper David Ospina, who's the one who's going to be taking the 99 lashes on <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Excellent. Talking, work. About, talking about Wayne Rooney, of course, and, and this is to, to complete the triumvirate of, 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 um, of ex United players. United Old came Boys, up, yeah. yeah. they came up this morning, which I was so pleased to read, was that Colleen Rooney has said that Wayne was so fascinated by the proceedings at the Wagatha Christie trial uh, mm. that he wants to go to law school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so you know, you can just imagine, like Legally Blonde, we've got, you know, we've got another uh, uh, program to add to our schedule uh, of, of football-related yeah, yeah. films and television. And I'm thinking Wazza of the Bailey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, and then insert own own word here. <laughs> yes, yes. Football manager by day and barrister by day. Rooney is a real box. To witness box character. That's what hey, I'm thinking. Hey, that's where we're going we with that one. There anyway, great news that no, there's still absolutely. life in those ex ex red devils. Yes, exactly. It's nice to hear from the entire contents of Alex Ferguson's colon. But <laughs> <laughs> there was some um, great excitement in Portugal. Did you see? As a referee showed a player a white card. And this is something that Portugal have introduced to mark an egregious act of sportsmanship. And consequently, it's only been shown once before <laughs> when um, two medical teams joined forces to treat a bad injury. But this this incident was in the Portuguese fifth division. So, you know, barely sport, let alone sporting, but still. When a forward found himself clean through after a defender collapsed with an injury and instead of trying to score, he booted the ball out for a throw-in. And... Um, 
so you know so much so sporting but there is a rumor that the ref uh, left his cards in his pocket when he washed his kit and was actually trying to send him off for taking the piss <laughs> yeah 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 but is, it, is this not the literal manifestation of virtue signaling i mean virtue that is signaling that's it's, exactly what it's a signal <laughs> it's a signal that says something virtuous has happened yeah yes. and in portugal also a... last week they had the uh, they had the team that uh, that took a dog on each a rescue dog and uh, uh, they could be adopted by members of the crowd. Uh, this had happened or in Brazil. Or by the referee. <laughs> yeah, but it had happened. Yeah, yes, indeed. It happened in Brazil the week before. And I'm thinking, well, you know, why not extend this to children? Maybe the mascots yeah. could be bid for by members of the crowd. You know, if you bring in orphans, I don't see any reason why not. They're always claiming, you know, that there's a shortage of foster parents. Well, there's your chance. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You go home with Ben Foster. Oh, no, he's retired, he, wasn't he? <laughs> Yeah. We've been having, haven't we, quite an international break, and uh, not just a boozy long weekend in Prague with the lads. Um, it's been a bit bewildering to follow at times. I mean, so you see a headline about the Netherlands and you're thinking, now, they're in a group, aren't they, with Greece and yes. Ireland. So how come they just beat South Africa? Oh, no, yeah, that's the Cricket World Cup. And then we played them on Saturday in the cricket. Oh, yeah, and the rugby. It's all been very, it's just international it, up the wazoo. It's headline, headlines are pointless, Aren't they? You, could, you have to read the article because so many times now, yes, it's a different sport, or you know, or it's the women's game, or it's. And I'm forever thinking, yeah. really, really, the manager of Chelsea's been sacked or whatever. Oh yeah, no, they never, Chelsea, they yeah. don't ever make a distinction, do they, between no, they the don't. women's football and the men's football anymore? And, and you, I'm forever looking at articles and getting a couple of paragraphs in before I realize, oh no, no, there's no one. No, Pep's not got any players called it Emma. Unless he's got a Welsh lad. Yeah, maybe. I did get I did get one um, headline out of the uh, paper this morning for the fridge, which was uh, England mind games from <laughs> which South Africa are apparently going to be going to be playing against us on on Saturday evening. In the right. But anyway, okay. it has been the Euro twenty four qualifiers though mostly plus some friendlies for those in the in the five team groups. Scotland qualified at last, hey. and, uh, even though they lost to Spain with with another. Another bloody VAR controversy. I didn't see it. You, you saw this. I, picture, I saw it. And I have to say, you know, it was one of those classic ones that if it was your team and you were away from home and it was disallowed before VAR, you're going, oh, well, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it might have been a push. It might have been offside because they yeah, yeah. pick all over it, and then of course they change the reason for what the way it's given, and then we have a yeah. Pause. I think they found another way, didn't they? They found another way to fuck it up, which is that the referee told the players one thing, and then ten minutes later told them another thing. Yeah, you know, had told them that it had been a foul against the keeper, and then you know it was somehow it was alerted that that yeah. there wasn't there wasn't enough for a foul on the keeper, so he was offside and interfering with play. Yeah, well, I mean, but I think if you if you interfere with play, you actually do have to interfere somehow. <laughs> still, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it did look from the still pictures. I didn't see the film. It did look like the the, the ball just sailed past the keeper, and he had no chance anyway. But but anyway, um, Wales got a good result, didn't they, against uh, Croatia, one of our yes. nemeses. Yes. And be great if Wales knocked that out. <laughs> that group's that group's extremely tight. I think. But, I uh, I yeah. saw that uh, that game was because you know you and I both would been. Desperately trying to find these games, they're, they're all on Via Player, which I have no uh, idea what that is. Um, uh, but but the Wales Croatia game was also on the S4C uh, program. Oh, uh, wait cool. for it, Scorio. 
S-G-O-R-I-O, yeah, which is yeah. so pleasing and, and so near to Scorchio. I have high hopes of Scorio, I must say. I have high yeah. hopes of Scorio because yeah. we've drawn Newport County away in the cup. Well, and, there you go. You know, that's not on that's not on any what we call terrestrial channels. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's no, a, no. it's a, an alien place. Yes, it is indeed. But anyway, so England played a couple yep. of times. England played Australia on Friday night in a, in a friendly, having got farther than them in the rugby and with the cricket still to come, of course. So, But confusingly, did you see the uh, talk about Australia cricket? That There's a, there's a Labuschagne uh, playing for Japan in the rugby and really? they pronounce him, and they spell it the same, but they pronounce him Labuschagne. Okay. That's really, really very muddled up, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I anyway, like it, though. There, yeah, yeah, no, good. And I hope it takes off in the cricket, frankly. I think it, it, he deserves oh, it. Oh, if they have it, sorry, if they have another player called Lacey, that'd be very pleasing, wouldn't it? <laughs> then you could have Labus and Labus and Labus Lacey. Labus Lacey, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there was as much talk about the, uh, about the Wembley Arch and whether it was going to be lit up in the yeah. colours of the Israel flag as, the, uh, as there was about the football, really. I mean, it's controversial stuff, of course, and nothing nothing like a uh, comedy podcast for, for putting that to rights. But uh, <laughs> uh, football, it seems to me, um, it, it gives you an opportunity to say a thing that, you know, that I've thought for a long time, that football just made its own bed here by inserting itself into other situations unnecessarily when there's a massacre, uh, the, like the Bataclan thing, or when, the, or you know, minute silence for people with nothing to do with the game. You know, it's, it, it's taken on a sort of, uh, it's tried to take on a role as a sort of national uh, conscience or a national sort of uh, soapbox for things, you know, and, mm. it, and and it's it's all a bit reminiscent of Set Blatter wanting a Nobel Peace Prize for me that they just uh, football. Uh, it, there's a nothing it can't fix, you know. Well, well exactly so. that, and of course, of course, the trouble is when there is any any sort of moral issue. They're fucked. So, you know, when something's very clear, lots of school children get killed, at, you know, uh, at, at uh, Bataclan, for instance. Uh, yeah. That was the, the school children one, wasn't it? You know, or Twin Towers maybe to some extent. But uh, they're all right. But they can't even talk about football without fucking it up. So why why do they think <laughs> they could talk about about anything else? I've no idea. They just need to steer well clear. I, I, well, I, they I do. I mean, and, you know, and uh, and it's because they haven't steered clear that they were getting stick for this because, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you can see, you can feel how scared they are to condemn what is a horrific terrorist attack in the first instance, just in case the vengeance is is just as bad or, or even worse. And Middle Eastern politics is becoming a bigger part of football every day. And, you know, despite the FA's turning a blind eye, it did seep into the game on Friday, didn't it, when Jordan Henderson was booed on his appearance on account of uh, his support for the Saudi regime. Uh, I presume it's because of that and not just... Not something else. I'm left. Uh, well, uh, I, yeah, I mean, well, I think, well, I think it is that, but I think it's also the fact that now booing has become so such an intrinsic part of the game that somebody's mm. got to be booed. So they're going to find something for somebody. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, Anderson, ah, uh, yeah, difficult. I think he's being booed more not for supporting the Saudi uh, uh, regime as for being picked 
when playing in a lower level uh, of football. I think that's the problem. And they have this problem yeah. with Phillips as well. They have this thing. People are so cross about England. And yet, for once, it was actually a really good game on Tuesday against Italy. On Tuesday did... it was, yeah. And Harry Maguire, who came out afterwards, who, who has, let's, as we said, a vested interest in this particular matter, but say, said that those who booed Henderson were not proper England fans. Yeah. Uh, but it occurs to me that they did go to the trouble of of getting tickets mysteriously. Yeah, but, well, um, I, I, the other thing that reminded me of, Chris, is I haven't heard not proper England fans since the days of hooliganism, I have to say, uh, which that yeah, was the go-to so, yeah. phrase, wasn't it? I suppose you it know, was, yeah. Well, just yeah. to tidy up, uh, uh, the, uh, on Friday, England uh, oh, yeah, managed yeah. to win 1-0 with a sort of with a sort of second team. Um, Ollie Watkins scored. He played pretty well, I thought. Um, and Trent Alexander-Armstrong played fantastic. Arnold, just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was one uh, one particularly brilliant pass that he played out from a sort of quarterback position out to the left wing it was low sort of streaking just above the turf and the commentators didn't even didn't mention it at all and it's so routine that he can just ping yeah. these things yeah, yeah yeah and i thought it was i thought it was the best bit of action in the whole game and they didn't even talk about it at all no. and uh, they they were all over the ball that he played into the box for England's goal uh, it was nothing like as good I didn't think and what by the way I mean this is on Tuesday as well what has happened to Grealish because he never seems to take anybody on anymore you know and uh, that's literally the whole point of him isn't it just literally yes. the whole point of him is that he shifts it one way and goes the other and they can't they can't get near him but he just stands off stands off stands off. and a couple of times it happened in the Australia game and in the Italy game when he came on the ball goes out to him he's got a bit of space go on <laughs> you know have a yeah. run into the area take someone on but it ends up back at the keeper you know well yeah or you get the impression that he's waiting for some sort of overlap to slip it in because mm. he still he still he still makes the move towards the area doesn't he but then yes, he doesn't that really he doesn't like do the slowly next like one half pace mm. at a time you know yeah. Uh, one of the interesting things that covers both games, actually, and covers the Henderson thing and covers uh, all of these things. With Southgate, South, well, that sounds great. <laughs> with Southgate saying about when he picks the team, um, it's not a popularity contest. And you're thinking he's saying to himself, I fucking hope it isn't a popularity contest <laughs> because otherwise I'm not going to be the manager. Um, uh, you know, Well, he did, didn't he, Southgate, say uh, in the build-up to this Italy game uh, that he's he thought he was a much better to manager now than uh, than when we played Italy before, and you'd think, well, you, you hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> because of all his experiences. But by that logic, he's going to be at his very best uh, just as he just before he packs it in. Yes. So really, yeah. he had to. He kind of had to produce a performance after after saying that. I mean, it was quite a thing. I think the, the Italy game. It was. Um, you know, those are the games we would we would almost certainly have lost. You know, every time in our in our lifetime, almost. I mean, I think the the last win against Italy at home was nineteen seventy seven. Yeah, Brooking and Keegan. Burn, yeah, exactly. Burned into the into yeah. the into the uh, memory of our generation of football supporters. Brooking and Keegan, and but World Cup qualification was already knackered by then. I think on goal difference, uh, yeah. Greenwood it was, wasn't it? Ron Greenwood, and he just taken over from Reevy who'd fucked up the first part yeah. and uh, and he just he just picked a proper team for the first time after trying 
a team entirely made up of or, or almost entirely made up of Ipswich players, and then almost entirely made up of Liverpool players. Liverpool players against Switzerland, and then he yeah, finally yeah. went to why don't you just pick the best players? And they and they <laughs> they did they rolled Italy, and and I remember them being really good that night, and and, yeah, yeah. and apparently we haven't beaten them at home since. No, but but apparently. did we not did we not beat them? Also, the year before in the bicentennial 76. tournament yes, in, in the did. USA when Corrigan played. That, yes, 3-2. Uh, yeah. And I think Royal played as well. I think Royal did scored. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we did. And were we were we not 2-0 down and then 3-2 up in that? I think I quite possibly. Right. I think quite possibly. I mean, yeah. you have to say, I mean, I thought it was really good. And I thought, what was, I loved Kane's second goal because it, it was just his body strength. But and and I, obviously I loved Rashford's goal because you know they made an error and we we well we we won the ball and then went through and and scored. But yeah. the second goal they made an error. The third goal made an error. But what I did keep thinking was, and this is so unfair, and let's just enjoy the win. Was you know if Benucci and Killian are there, <laughs> I can't I yeah I can't see them muscling their way through. You know, uh, but they're not. So what can you do? <laughs> they must be nearly forty though, still, aren't they? I mean, well, are they, yeah. have they have they retired now? I think they have. Uh, well, they both played two years ago, didn't they? They both played in the yeah, in yeah, the yeah, European yeah, yeah. Game. yeah, 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 yeah. I think they yeah, might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I think they might be done for. I mean, there was Udogi playing, wasn't there? Who's the the new Spurs player this season? Yes, who's um, a, a real standout diver, I think. Well, <laughs> yeah, and was but, desperate uh, to get booked, and did get booked, of course, and did get booked, uh, and should have given yeah. away. Well, you know, gave away. There's a half a penalty uh, that yeah, he. Yeah, uh, yeah. That when he barged into Foden because he he's missed the ball completely and flattened Foden. But yes, he did. You know who knows who knows why that wasn't a wasn't even a uh, a check really. But still, no. but to go but to go one nil down to the Italians and win is is great. And as you say, yeah, in the bicentennial tournament in 1976, which is a long time ago, yeah. we did. But but you know that's a really good thing. Well, yeah, I mean, and it was touted, wasn't it, as revenge for Euro twenty twenty brackets twenty twenty one, as you have to write it down now. And uh, and I was saying, did we not already get revenge for that when we won in there. Italy in the first <laughs> yeah. game? Yeah, I mean, who's getting revenge for what now? Is what I want to know. I mean, can we go on getting more and more revenge for that one thing, or do they not have to do something else to us first? You know, oh, that's the, you know that's the... it just sounds like a description of what's going on in the Middle East right at the moment. So oh, no. Leave that oh, alone. No, I'm no. telling you, and actually talking about tragic events, I, I, I heard, and I wasn't sure if I was being haunted or not, but were the England banned back? Oh, blimey, I didn't hear them. Uh, but that was that was a mercy if I didn't. Yeah, it may have been my, my deep in my psyche something. I was just feeling bad, but I swear I heard them. I was I was um, thinking about them right at the end when they played over the over the tannoy, not over the uh, not the band when they played Sweet Caroline, oh. and uh, and I, you know and I thought then of the FA's unerring. Lack of finger on pulse of what people are, <laughs> people are thinking, uh, and they, uh, yeah, that was like when they had the England band there. But yeah, but no, it looks like um, Jude Bellingham. Let's talk about him for a moment. It, he's the guy who's uh, going to have the most watched metatarsals for the next. Oh <laughs> next God, season. yes. Don't oh, does it? It's for everybody who's liked football for a long time. It's he's just an injury waiting to happen, isn't he? It's he's, just yeah, he's kind of. Rangy and long and stretchy and 
yeah. But no, he was great. I thought he had a He's really eight, good game. Brilliant. I thought Foden had a really good game. Kane, as you said earlier, has a really good game. And I, I, I as, as you, you mentioned also, Calvin Phillips playing without much in the way of uh, club football. And it did make you think, this isn't even really our best team. This isn't really our, you know, imagine putting Trent Alexander-Armstrong in, in, in for Calvin Phillips, how much <laughs> better that would be. Or, you know, or Dunk or Gay in for Maguire. You know, this team can, this team can be better if Gareth Southgate will only, you know, will only take the plunge. Because, you know, two defensive midfielders and four uh, attacking players, you know, yeah. you could go, you could go five, you could go five. Well, he hasn't even looked at Tyrese Campbell. So there you go. <laughs> Not for a little while. No, I mean, there were a couple of other little bits of uh, international. Do you see that uh, uh, Marcelo Bielsa squatted throughout as Uruguay beat Brazil? That hasn't happened for 20-odd years, apparently. That's that was uh, interesting stuff. But anyway, um, yeah. the, uh, the hilarious international story was the uh, one about the Ireland qualifying group. Did you see that story? Uh, where Ireland the, would be better off losing in order yeah, to qualify. Yeah. yeah, because when they started up that, that dog's dinner of a Nations League thing, there are playoff places set aside uh, for those that don't qualify. Uh, and Ireland would be more likely to get one of those if they let the Netherlands beat them so that the Netherlands get second in the group ahead of Greece and go through. And Ireland could finish a long way behind Greece but, have a, but end up in these playoffs, which Greece would not. And so... Yeah, you know, it, once they've made the dog's dinner, obviously, you know, the dog's going to eat it. Gonna eat it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if that's, uh, if that's you know, not stretching it too far. But, you know, what a cock-up. What a cock-up to devise a scheme whereby oh, one team does better by if they lose. You know, one team yeah. has a better chance. But, but, but we all know what it is. It's just how can we get as many games as possible out of this tournament is what yeah. they do and other tournaments. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm glad that the maths has defeated them uh, because I know they <laughs> defeated me many years ago. I've no idea the Nations League, what's going on there. Same with the, the, the Conference League and all of that shit. Uh, I'm wow. happier with the National League, Chris. That's it. I've got to be honest with you. Oh, uh, well, well, in which case, you know, let's tear our, way, uh, our eyes away from the mighty battlefields of, of the Premier League where the latter-day Sun Tzu's and Alexander's the Great lock horns in their relentless pursuit of glory and instead glance sideways at the campaign plans of the threadbare battalions of the Vanarama, the league beneath the league steered by generals more closely resembling Colonel Hall out of Bilko. Hey! <laughs> One of Bilko's men volunteer for something. What's he up to? Um, yeah, which is where my team, Oldham Athletic, uh, are currently indulging in largely localised squabbling, having had, much like the nation itself last year, three leaders in an absurdly short space of time. Uh, when I spoke to you last week about the situation at Oldham, I was talking about interim manager Steve Thompson and his assistant, former Latics hero Neil Redfern, and how their six-game in unbeaten run was putting them in pole position for the gig full-time. And between me saying that and it being broadcast on the internet airwaves or whatever it is that happens to this thing once we stop talking, uh, Thompson and Redfern jumped ship. Oh, the built-in obsolescence of topical material. Um, mm. It seems Thompson made the shortlist for the manager's job, but then they rather carelessly told him he hadn't got it before they'd got the new guy in, and he flounced out Ronaldo-style, except without going on Piers Morgan. 
to explain how he was better than everyone else. So at least that was a blessing. But it was a proper toy-based pram evacuation. And uh, <laughs> this left the club uh, with not enough time to appoint someone before the FA Cup fourth qualifying round tie away at Altrincham. So we had to have an interim interim manager, which is a new thing, um, to get the team ready for that. And as it happens, there are two popular former Latics midfielders looking after the youth teams, Paul Murray and Nicky Adams. And so they were put in charge of preparations. But on Saturday, Murray was on his own in the technical area because Adams still plays at the weekends for Radcliffe. And so he had a game of his own, which was quite sweet, I think. But anyway, before that, though, and very much the last order of business on Friday, uh, Oldham appointed a new full-time boss who would be watching the Ultram game from the stand. And the man in question, former Fleetwood and Tranmere boss, Mickey Mellon. And I know I shouldn't be, you know, sniggering at someone's name, especially not in my position, but uh, he's an estimable manager with five promotions on his CV and conspicuous success at the level we find ourselves at. But he does sound a bit like a Viz character whose head is a watermelon, <laughs> who's always getting chased by people wanting to cut a slice off him for a fruit salad. And uh, the club. <laughs> you know, haven't really helped in this regard, as the headline on the page welcoming his appointment spelled his name with one L. <laughs> it's It's been corrected since, but uh, I think, you know, he's lucky they didn't find a way of getting a fucking apostrophe in it, frankly. But um, he didn't do himself any favours either, as his first act as manager was to make a bid for Billy the Fish. But anyway, <laughs> this meant <laughs> that the game on Saturday was Murray's only go. So we were agog to see what changes he might make. And he only made one, but it was a whopper. He brought centre-half Harrison Maguire in for striker Alex Reed, and then played him in midfield. Which is, if you're only going to be in charge for one game, <laughs> you know, uh, bring in a guy who hasn't played for a year and stick him as a centre-back and stick him in midfield. I mean, you should bear in mind, the last time Maguire played was when John Sheridan was the manager, <laughs> and the intervening months have been punctuated by dark murmurings about the amount of timber he's been carrying, which uh, is always a phrase I'm, I'm uh, amused by. But anyway, I listened to the thing on uh, Radio Manchester because I couldn't find pictures anywhere, not even on Scorio or uh, Viaplay <laughs> or anything like that, which meant that I spent an unfeasibly large proportion of the game listening to co-commentator Andy Welsh talk about when he was manager at Berry, rather than even looking at the bloody game. And when they did, it was all ulti this and ulti that. And I, I wanted to say to them, you know Oldham's in Manchester as well, don't you? You know, <laughs> you hapless bastards. But anyway, a newly sleek Harrison Maguire bossed the midfield, scored the only goal of the game. So all hail the boldness of the interim manager and his 100% record. Um, Paul Murray's brief tenure was over, so he's very much the Liz Truss of the scenario, except for the fact that he actually achieved one thing. Yes. And now we're into the brave new Mickey Mellon era, and he's Scottish, which somehow subliminally... It sounds. It always sounds like a manager should sound, doesn't it, Scottish? Even if they eventually turn out to be Ali McLeod. And I just hope he turns out to be more assertive than Colonel Hall off of Bilko, who I've been thinking about a lot this week. <laughs> uh, there's that great episode set at Colonel Hall's army reunion. Do you remember that? When while he's upstairs oh, yes. getting ready, all his contemporaries are downstairs going, hey, you'll never guess who's here, old Melonhead. Not Melonhead. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well. Old Melonhead. <laughs> and then they got upstairs. And Colonel Hall is saying to his wife, I, I just hope they've forgotten that Melonhead thing. Which <laughs> 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 is just a fantastic joke. But anyway, next week, I'll, I'll find a way of getting Jake Thackeray in because he's the only other person I can do. 
but still. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something for us all to look forward to. Uh, we'll take a quick break now, and then we have a guest afterwards. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Our guest today has been with us before on more than one occasion and is always excellent value for money at no pounds and no pence. His new book, <laughs> Blue Was the Colour, is a wonderful tale of the slow dying of the light that can affect football fans faced with the amusement arcade of flashing lights, noise and money that appears to represent the modern game. He's a brilliant writer and a fine and funny man, and he is Andy Hamilton. Welcome, Andy. Thank you. Thank yes. you. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> it's lovely to have you here. I can, you know, can I can I just slip into the uh, local radio um, uh, form and ask you the most predictable question of all? Because I've, I've read your book and it's great. But it is a book about a, a sort of loosening of love, I think, uh, you know, which I think a lot of us have gone through in terms of our football teams. And I, I just wondered if there was a particular moment that you felt that this book needed writing you know you may have thought about it before things were getting worse but was there a moment at which you thought oh, do you know what I, I need to say this stuff yeah I think it was um when Chelsea played Newcastle when Newcastle had just been bought by um Saudi Arabia yep. and uh and we were well our future was unclear because they were talking about confiscating all of uh, Abramovich's assets. So we didn't know what the future was for Chelsea. And it suddenly struck me, the first game I ever saw was in 1960, was Chelsea at home to Newcastle, when the players were on 20 quid a week. And I just thought, that's an astonishing journey for the sport and for me. And that was the moment where I actually thought, I, I need to write this down. I need to get it off my chest, rather than... Uh, possibly um, take my wife to the brink of madness by moaning about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's a strange thing because, you, you know, you're of a, a, a similar vintage to us and, and I imagine a lot of our listeners are too. And there is a sense of 
There's, there is a sense of loss, I think, but then there's always a sense of loss as you get older anyway. And, yes. And I, I think I particularly, I, I, I have to admit that um, players do wonderful things now that I've never seen them before, but yes. somehow the game as a whole and the experience of the whole seems to have been diminished, which is a strange old thing, isn't it? It is, it is. I mean, you know, and I freely acknowledge in the book that I'm not sure how much of it is the game changing and how much of it is me. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Technically, the players can do wonderful things. They're helped, of course, by the fact they play on billiard tables now. Um, yeah. And there are advantages and they're, they're fitter. And, um, you know, and even possibly the, the balls are helpful in a way that they weren't. But that's not to say anything away. They are Some of them are extremely technically gifted. And yet the game itself, even a good game like England-Italy last that I watched, where actually the game was, was reasonably open and exciting. But there is a lot of um, possession-based def defenders kind of passing the ball around, being patient that sort of somehow it's not quite as exciting. Um, I think, you know, it's more um, considered and more thoughtful and probably a lot brainier, but it's as a spectacle. And then when you throw in the fact that VAR is robbing the fans of that experience of the goal celebration... Yeah, I think there's somehow there's something more anemic about it, even though aesthetically, it is more pleasing. Mm. Yeah, there's a sort of academic sort of feel to some of it, isn't there? I mean, I, I've, I like you, I've watched um, quite a lot of old football on YouTube, and one of the things that you mentioned in your book, and that uh, that I noticed as well watching it, is that there seems to be so much more space. Fifty years ago, so yeah. much more space in midfield. Midfield was a was an area for strolling through, yes. and and the game uh, progressed from one end to the other much more. Uh, there's much more sort of alternation of attacking rather than yeah. the possession across and the, the possession across the back line. You know, drives you up the wall as a as a, uh, and it's not the sort of harem scarum thing that you that you uh, knew as a child. You know. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I think part of the problem is we got lots of defenders who are comfortable on the ball, but they they're not creative on the ball. You know, yep. they very rarely risk a forward pass. And when they do, the midfield player often doesn't risk turning. He just gives it straight back to them, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I mean, the defenders in days of yore were not as skillful, but they were quite attack-minded, you know. They were. Uh, they, would, they wanted to get forward and attack. They wanted their team to get on the move pretty briskly. But of course, you're right. It was much more. It was end to end because the midfield was not as competitive. Um, there was more space. Yeah, I mean Bobby Charlton. You know, he can run through prairies of open space without being <laughs> yeah. challenged. You know, um, I mean, he's a fantastic player. But and Haynes, you watch Haynes. He was an immaculate passer of the ball, but he's very rarely being hurried. You know. No, I think that's it. It's interesting what you just said about fullbacks because, strange enough. I'm I'm not as 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 uh, astute as you at, at, at knowing how to find these games. So, I 
tend to get things just drop in that people send me. Oh, look, here's a Stoke game, you know, like as if yeah. um, it's been found under a boulder somewhere. Uh, and yeah. I rather enjoy them. And I watched, I mean, I watched the game literally, literally this morning, which was uh, Stoke uh, um, versus West Ham, I think it was, in 1976. And, and it was Garth Crooks' first goal. But I was watching the fullbacks, and the fullbacks are interesting because, do you know what? They were both really uncompromising defenders and wing-backs, actually. Yeah. Mickey Pedrick and John Marsh, who were our full-backs, the times they were bombing up there, that wasn't a thinking problem. Uh, and, and and I just thought, oh, yeah, that, that, yeah the, there, is, there wasn't a choice. You were both. If you were a full-back, you were both, weren't you? Yeah. And also, I mean, I suppose it, we, we, it's no surprise that there is nothing new under the sun. But I was watching a game, Chelsea at Aston Villa in 65, when Chelsea were really on a roll. And they won 6-2, and Bobby Tambling scored um, uh, five goals. But in the commentary, Kenneth Walsenholm remarks on the fact that Eddie McCready, the left-back, is playing like a false nine, like Hijakuti of Hungary. And you realise they were quite advanced, you know. They, 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 they were quite innovative um, yeah. tactically, you know. And Don Revy, when he was at Man City, when he was playing for Man City, their formation was very modern and continental, you know, and um, and even Ramsey at Ipswich, you know, he yeah. he mixed it all up, and yeah. uh, he had he had um, wingers who who just came inside yeah. all the time, and um, yeah, and later Renus Michaels uh, uh, with Holland and Ajax and all that yeah. stuff, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I just in terms of Chelsea. Uh, you know, yes. being your club. And I think the same about Stoke. It, it, you know, I have this thing, which is because I've been going for a long time, like you have, like Chris has, uh, you know, when something's good happening, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I mean it in a realistic way, I think, well, you know, this isn't going to last, so let's enjoy yes. it while it's there. <laughs> you know, yes. it, but, but it seems to me that the way football is conducting itself at the moment is... A, 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 an intense feeling that top clubs can make this last, i.e., yes. let's make the pitches <laughs> as smooth as possible. Let's make relegation impossible. Let's make four teams go into the Champions League. Let's meet, let, let, let there be nothing that can yes. harm us just because we're not as good as we were last year. And I think yeah. that, that I find annoying. The idea that a, that a, a knockout European Cup doesn't put the greatest sides possibly to the sword, uh, yeah. you know, in their next game is is to me the opposite of what I loved about the jeopardy of football. Yeah, well, if you look at all the changes, they've all tended to work in favour of the big clubs, haven't they? I mean, the substitutes is another example. You know, once you get up to five substitutes, you are inherently favouring the clubs with the deepest squads. Um, mm. You know, um, and you're right, all the kind of random bits of um, possible uh, jeopardy or unfairness or, or yeah, it's like they're trying to rule luck out of the game as well, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, and, yeah it's um, like they would hate it. They hate the fact the ball's round because then it can bounce nearly <laughs> yeah, anyway. We need to change we that. Need a, we need the ball. That can, it is sort of more homogenised as well. I think the other thing is, and I, I, I don't mean to patronise you, Nick, but you won't have experienced this yet. Um, <laughs> when when your club is it love? Su- 
(laughs) 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 Yeah. When your club becomes a super club that's funded by, um, funded by, you know, uh, someone with endless, endlessly deep pockets, um, and your team starts winning things every season, and that's the expectation. It changes the fans. It changes the fans. So Chelsea fans have become the thing that we used to tease Arsenal fans about. When I was a kid, you, I remember going to Arsenal and we were winning and the fans behind me were moaning. And I said to uh, my mate's dad, what's, what's the problem? What's the matter with them? And he went, they're Arsenal fans. They think <laughs> they're entitled to win everything. Yes, and, yes. And, and that's what happens at Chelsea. And, and I think, I mean, I haven't been for a while, but I think what, what, what happened was people grew to think that they had some kind of divine right to be successful, you know, and, um, and it would make them ludicrously aggressive with, um, wow. with, with players as well, because, um, I mean, part of that's the money. When someone was on 20 quid a week, if they had a bad game, you, you know, fans might get irritated with them, but it wasn't an affront. Whereas yeah. now, of course, you know that players are earning more in a week than many people will earn in, in, in possibly in their life. And, and so it seems obscene if they underperform, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's replacing hope with expectation, isn't it? That's the yeah. thing. And yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it's a different, a different mindset altogether. So was, it, was for you... The drifting away from Chelsea did that start with the Abramovich era? Then do you think was it a, a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, obviously, as a fan of football, it was a thrill to see, you know, uh, to watch. Um, well, Zola, of course, arrived in the Hazard, and you know, it was wonderful to see these great players and that team that they built with that very strong spine was a great team yeah. that sort of didn't need a manager really, as they proved. On many occasions, but um, <laughs> but I think it was around the, the time when it started to curdle for me was around the time when Mourinho arrived, and um, I don't know if you remember we played Barcelona in the Champions League, and he accused the referee of having had a you know had the Barcelona manager in his office at half time, which was complete bullshit. Um, but the, the referee got death threats and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And I just thought this is starting to turn into something different now. And, you know, we did what all football fans do. We compartmentalised. So we, we we were out of our seats when they w- were playing um, and we chose to ignore the fact that, uh, uh, you know, questions about where Abramovich's money came from and and stuff like that. But I always felt, and this is not just me being clever after the event, which which I can also do. That's also in my skill set. <laughs> it's also <laughs> available. <laughs> but I do I do remember reading the Evening Standard on the day that Bates was, and I was pleased Bates left. I didn't like Bates. But I do remember reading, you know, that, that it's been bought by this uh, uh, fantastically wealthy Russian businessman, Roman Abramovich, although no one quite knows where his wealth has come from. And I do remember thinking this might not end well, you know, because yeah. uh, because our, everything hinged around one man. And well, um, and as, 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 as it turned out, that was a vulnerable place to be, you know. 
Well, it's interesting because in my memory, and maybe I've got this completely wrong, I, I think of Abramovich as coming after what happened at Portsmouth when they had that Serbian guy, I think Bosnian-Serbian, I don't know, from the Balkans, certainly. And uh, he gave them a bit of success, but it was all kind of tainted with some sort of yeah. un, undefined but definite feeling of unease. <laughs> Do you know what yes. I mean? Um, I mean, I think that's one thing. I also, you when you're saying about, about booing players, and uh, this is something that I think is a – a relatively modern thing, you know, that, you know, booing is a big, big thing. You know, it used to be for something heinous, you know, like a really, it'd have to be something terrible for somebody, but teams are booed for not, for not being ahead at half time, you know, for instance. And just yeah. kicking a cat, you know. You <laughs> yeah, just man. kicking the occasional cat. But I, I, I uh, in my mind, I tie, and this is probably just, uh, you know, I'm being bummy. I tie that in with sitting down. I tie that <laughs> with, in with sitting down and having a right, you know, to be, to get what you've paid for, which you never yes. got that when you stood up because most of it was about trying to be able to see a quarter of the bloody pitch, you know, <laughs> yeah. and not get hit by somebody near you. Uh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> you didn't have that sense of entitlement. Um, no. and Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I think when you sit down, you're less likely to be violent because it's a lot of bother to get up. But you're probably going to be more bumptious, aren't you, yeah. when you sit down? I, you I are... think it's the swap. I think it's a swap for the violence of the early 80s is yeah. the is the arrogant, you know, dismissal yeah. of, the, of, of the 2000s. But then... yeah. It's the theatre part of the theatre of dreams, isn't it? It's the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the crowds are more likely to go encore than they ever were. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. More likely to buy a little tub, of individual tub of ice cream. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> More likely to actually read the program. I was very pleased to see that uh, that you occasionally go and watch Nairn County and AFC Wimbledon. And uh, I, funny enough, in the last couple of weeks, because there's been, well, the last couple of months, there's been a couple of international breaks. And I've I've gone to see Leek play in the in the uh, third qualifying round of the FA Cup, and I went to see Hanley Town play last week. And uh, and I uh, too have been watching non-league football. Well, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. you have. Yes, of no, course. But, but I, but I, um, you know, and, and I used to have people say this to me all the time, you want to start going to non-league? It's, it's, it's great, it's fun, it's just different. And I thought, oh, no, yeah, you're saying that, yeah. But, but do you know what? I really enjoyed both the games. It was lovely not to know the full financial and medical history of every player on yeah. the pitch. Oh, yes. you know, and yeah. just be able to say, he looks like he's got a good touch or he's a lazy yeah. fucker. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, no, and, and also to be able to say, which my, my father would often shout, come on, eight! You know, and not know the name of somebody. Yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah. There's something fantastic liberating about that. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Last, the last name county game I went to see... Um, the manager, the Nairn County manager, was sent off for abusing the um, the uh, the lines person, um, and he was sent off. But he didn't go down the tunnel. He sat in the front row of the stand and abused the linesman from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although, I, you know, I've seen I've seen that happen in the, even in the Premier League where they go as long as they're not in the technical area or in the in the thingy if there's a yeah. if there's a seat behind. Um, yeah, no, there was a game wasn't there where Arsene Wenger stood up in the aisle. Oh yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, higher up, yeah. but yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah. after that. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the things that uh, that really struck me about your your book was that you genuinely had, uh, as a as a young child, the Bobby Robson cliche quote moment the thing of being uh you know, the first time you you go up the steps and you see the green yeah. in front of you and hear the crowd and you fall in love kind of thing uh, and yeah. you genuinely had because you live very close to chelsea didn't you it was yeah like, it was very much your local club yeah our house um uh backed onto brompton cemetery so you know if you could have cut across brompton cemetery as the crow flies we were only about 150, 200 yards from the ground. So the house was full of the noise of the crowd from a very early age. I can remember uh, every other Saturday, you know, the house would fill with this sound. And it was so loud when Chelsea scored that uh, the ornaments used to tinkle on our mantelpiece. And uh, so I was already obsessed by it. I was already intrigued by it. And they would swarm past our window on the way to the game, you know, this army of men all looking the same. And so <laughs> I was desperate to go, desperate. And, I, and, and you know, there was a very steep terrace at Chelsea and I, I, I do remember thinking, how many bloody steps are there, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but then once I saw that panorama, and Chelsea was quite an unusual stadium, it was more like a sort of, sort of Roman arena, you know, it was yeah. very expansive yeah. and... Um, I loved it, yeah. And, and I'm pleased, you know, if there was the choice between Stamford Bridge and Brompton Cemetery, that you you ended up thinking, <laughs> you know what, I'm going to go for Stamford Bridge. The atmosphere yeah. seems to be better. Yeah, a bit like <laughs> so yeah. It'd be a ghoulish decision otherwise, wouldn't it? Well, it'd be yeah, awful, yeah. wouldn't it, if, from, if the <laughs> mantelpiece ornaments were rattling because of the noises from Brompton Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my brother... My brother, you know, seven years older than me, they used to bunk in. So they used to climb over the wall into the cemetery, across the cemetery. I don't know what the mourners felt about that. And then, <laughs> and then they used to get in through the railings and then across the tube line into the right. ground from the side. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, health and safety people would probably frown on that now. But, um, yeah, that's how he often got in, yeah. Yeah, and you have a, a, a different relationship with the, with the players as well, don't you? When you're living so close, when you can go to the end of your road and see them uh, training in the car park, and yes, uh, and where you get uh, details about uh, rumours about George Graham leaving from you know the pub on your road and things like that. <laughs> you know, you have a different relationship with a club if you've if you're all, you're so bound up in it. Yeah. I mean, my brother was seven years older than me. He would come back from the pub and the players would have been in the pub. In fact, it was a pub um, owned by the Tidy family. And, and Chris, you and I played football with Bill. He, with Bill he, was, yeah. he was the son of the, of the landlord. And uh, my brother would come home having had a few drinks with the players and he would tell me, yeah, George Graham's going or... Uh, Eddie McCready's fallen out with Doherty or, um, you know, no one likes it. There was one player, he said, was probably going to go because no one likes his wife, he said, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Um, it's brilliant. And I love, I love all that. So, I mean, I remember, I remember, you know, whether it's true or not, I don't really care. I remember that the, the rumour was always that, that Garth Crooks had got his trial at Stoke because he'd been kicking the ball against the wall of the ground and broken Tony Waddington's office window. You know, and you think, yeah, yeah. that's the yeah, story yeah. you want, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not bad, Nipper. Right. 
Yeah, yeah not yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not bad nipper. Exactly <laughs> so. Exactly so. So you quote another Bobby Robson quote. Yeah. Um, Andy, you, you, your book is great. And honestly, the people who listen to this podcast, both of them will love it. And, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully at least one of them will buy it. Um, but thank you so much for joining us, Andy. It's been, it's been great. And uh, you're always such good fun. Yes, thanks, Annie. And I, I just want to share my, my favourite quote from your your book, which was, football was everything to me then. Nothing else mattered, apart possibly from Bilko. And I think we can all, we can all go do, along with do, Come that. on, do you, Colonel Hall. Come on. Do you, <laughs> Colonel Hall. Want a Bilko's man? Want a Bilko's man? Volunteer for something? <laughs> yeah, What's yeah. he up to? <laughs> no, I was just a love. Why? Why, Colonel, you didn't tell us a film star was visiting Belco? <laughs> oh, it's your wife, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, yeah I, was, I loved Bellboy, which was my favourite yeah. one, the, the horse. Uh, it, it was a hey, horse. What was it, a horse? <laughs> this, yeah. this time it had headlights. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.